It is a very interesting story, but a very weird story too. And what is the issue uh, in this story? What are, I mean, what's with these animals and eating them? Why was Peter so reluctant to eat them? There are a lot of questions to be answered. But unless you actually lived there 2,000 years ago and have felt what was going on, you cannot understand the depth of this story. You, you, won't, you may understand it with your brain conceptually, but you may not be able to feel what the importance of this whole story was all about. But this story is a decisive story. From this moment, the whole Christianity changed. The movement, uh, the direction of Christianity changed completely. So it's a very important story. It's interesting and weird, but very important uh, story. Peter was praying, and he had this weird experience. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came too close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I don't know exactly how Peter saw this. Did he fall asleep while praying? And so he dreamed, dreamt about this vision? Or did he see some kind of fantastic, supernatural, wonderful vision? We don't know exactly how he saw it, but he saw these things. Not only he saw the vision, but also he definitely heard something, heard the voice, and the voice said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter protested immediately, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. Peter was very reluctant. Why was he reluctant? Because these food were prohibited. All his life, he knew these food are unclean, supposed to be unclean, according to Jewish custom. And that was what God desired from Jewish people and what God desired from Peter too. So all his life, he didn't eat. these. these he didn't touch, he didn't eat these unclean animals. But the voice, supposed to be God's voice, he knew that it was not from Satan or from devil. He knew that it was from God. But that voice ex said exactly the opposite of what Peter believed all his life. That's why it was, it was confusing for Peter. All my life I believed that these are unclean. I'm not supposed to eat these things. But this voice supposedly uh, coming from God and tell, telling me, eat these food. And then not only voice told him to eat, but voice also said, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. I am the one who tells you it's clean. Don't tell me that it's unclean. That was what the voice said. 
And this happened three times. So Peter did not misheard or uh, mistaken. He clearly three times it happened and then uh, disappeared. One thing I learned uh, about prayer from this story is that prayer does not affirm what you're thinking. That's what prayer is. Prayer does not affirm what you're thinking. Prayer rather changes what you're thinking. Very interesting concept. Prayer does not affirm what you're thinking. Prayer changes what you're thinking. Many people use prayer to give themselves absolute confirmation and affirmation for what they already want and what they already know. Beautifully prayed by uh, Daniel today. To them, prayer is simply affirmation of who they are, what they believe, and what they firmly hold on to. Through prayer, they get what they want, but they don't change. They become more of their old self. The more they pray, the more they become uh, uh, of their old self. They become more confirmed of what they believe and what they know. But prayer, Peter's prayer was not like that. In prayer, Peter's old thinking was changed. He, too, he had to get rid of his old beliefs. What he believed about what was clean and what was not unclean, what was unclean was cha uh, challenged. His attitude, his perspective, his belief, all changed because of prayer. Because he met God who was greater than himself. So in prayer, when you meet God who is greater than yourself, you yourself change. If you don't meet God, prayer becomes just your activity. It's all about what you say. Then nothing happens. But in prayer, when you meet living God, who is greater than you, then you're bound to change who you were. If prayer is simply to affirm what you already know and what you already believe, then it can be quite dangerous, my friend. Because what was your personal opinions before prayer becomes absolute, divinely ordained, absolute truth after prayer. That's very dangerous. That's very dangerous. At least before prayer, you thought that, oh, this is just my personal opinion. But after you uh, pray, this is God's will. Personal opinion becomes God's will. That's dangerous. Peter's prayer was very different from that kind of prayer. Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane was the same thing. What Jesus wanted was now affirmed. He wanted to live. He wanted that cup pass away. So his desire was not granted 
God's will was not to let that cup pass away. God's desire was to embrace and drink from that cup. So Jesus clearly knew what he personally wanted and what God wanted. Knowing that is a spiritual maturity. That's what spirituality is all about. Knowing the difference between what I desire and what God desires. Knowing that difference. That is a spiritual maturity. How about St. Paul? He had thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what that thorn was. It's a physical illness or his eye disease or uh, mental stress. We don't know what that thorn is. But he had thorn uh, in his flesh and then that tormented him. His personal life was uh, uh, bothered by it and also his ministry was bothered by it. He didn't like it. So he prayed to God sincerely three times. Here again, three times. But in the scriptures, three means meaning complete. So he didn't just pray three times. He prayed as much as he, he could. So he prayed three times to take away this thorn. But God did not take away that thorn. God did not grant what Paul desired. And Paul knew exactly the difference between what he desired and what God wanted. So he lived with the thorn in the flesh. He lived with the thorn, even though that tormented him. But instead of God, not, instead of taking away the thorn, God gave this tremendously beautiful message to Paul. So his thorn was not taken away but the message was given. The message was this. My grace is sufficient for you. For power is made perfect in weakness. This truth was given to him. So even though he lived with pain of that thorn, but he knew grace is enough. I can handle that. I can handle that pain. Grace is enough. Some of you may have certain pain. You prayed several times, but God did not grant your prayer. So it's painful. This is difficult. But remember, God's grace is sufficient for you. You know, all human beings, first generation, second generation, Korean, Asian, Caucasian, black, doesn't matter who they are. They all have this tremendous desire to be affirmed. That's so important, I realize. Their desire is their idol. They want to be affirmed. They want to be correct, right. They want to say, I am right. I am righteous. We want to be considered as good and perfect. People will do anything to prove this. 
Of course, people's context will be very different. Some unreligious people, irreligious people will not not care whether you go to church or not. You know, that's not that very important. That's not how I being affirmed. But going up the ladder in the job, that's so important. So by going up the ladder, they are affirmed. In a religious circle, being kind and being good will affirm who you are. In an academic field, being smart is very important because that will affirm who you are. So different context, but everyone wants to be affirmed. Strong desire. It's almost like their idol. Being spiritual doesn't do that. Being spiritual does not affirm who you are. When you are spiritual, instead of being affirmed, often you encounter your own prejudice, narrow-mindedness, your own limitedness, and your own darkness. That's what happens when you're spiritual. You're not affirmed necessarily when you're spiritual. You encounter your own demons in a way, sometimes, often. You are exposed to raw self when you're spiritual. God exposes your raw self not to let you down, not to criticize you, not to make you feel worthless. God does that to expand your life. Don't stay, don't stay where you are in your small world. I want you to go into the deeper and larger world that you have to give up this small world to and. To be able to enter into that bigger world. To do that, God makes you confront your own limitedness, your own prejudice and narrow-mindedness. God does that to make you grow. Just yesterday we encountered, we heard the terrible story of this young man who's totally misguided and killed 10, 13 people, murdered, just simply because they are black. Only if he knew his own prejudice and narrow-mindedness, he would not have done that. Being spiritual does not affirm what you believe already. Being spiritual makes you, makes you in, confront your own shortcomings. In that sense, being spiritual is difficult. It makes you go where you never went before. It challenges you to change who you have been. It forces you to see who you really are but also challenges you to go beyond yourself. Not only you become real to yourself, 
but you can also take the challenge to become somebody you had never been. You always had that self within you, that big self within you. But somehow, you were too scared to become that person. It is buried within you. God wants you to meet that big person within you and become that person. That's why God shows you your limited self. You can be bigger. You can be better than that. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. You can do much better. Your life can be much happier. You can, you can enjoy life much more. Life is much bigger than what you think. Life is much bigger than uh, what, you, uh, uh, what you have. God wants you to see that. When you're completely naked, God tells you, you're not alone though. You may be completely naked, you're not alone. God's grace envelops you. Like Paul, even though he didn't get what he asked for, God's grace was all around him. His grace was enough for him. He could embrace his weaknesses because God's power was made perfect in his weakness. You know, God had to change Peter because the spirit wanted to do, uh, uh, bring uh, gospel to the Gentiles. But as long as Peter believed that those Gentiles are unclean and, you know, all that, then God could not do that work. So God had to take away that prejudice from Peter and from the early Christian. That was very difficult. That was very difficult. But God had to do that. Last two weeks ago, we reflected on Peter's, uh, God came to restore Peter's calling by asking, do you love me three times? This time, that God did not just restore his calling, God had to change his thinking. Amazing. God is just so amazing. He just transforms us and changes us and then Builds us up and it, oh, it's just so exciting to be with God because you're continuously changing. But without God, you're same. Always. Yesterday, 10 years ago, your thinking, your mindset doesn't change at all. But with God, you're continuously evolving. You're continuously changing. That's what God does. You become greater and greater and bigger and bigger in your attitude, in your thinking. God wanted to bring the gospel to the Gentiles and embrace Gentiles as exactly the same as you, Jews. And then to do that, God had to get rid of that prejudice. They are as worthy as you are. At that time, the Jews and Gentiles did not uh, associate. So when uh, the centurion came to Jesus, his son, uh, his servant was sick. So can you please heal me? But he knew that 
Jesus did not want to come to his house. Why? Because uh, I mean, he just assumed Jesus would have gone in. But he assumed that all Jews don't come into Gentiles' house, that they have this prejudice against Gentiles. So, uh, and this is what uh, the centurion said. Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. That's, that's how they uh, associate. So when Peter went to Gentiles' house, they had a problem. And that, that's why Peter was uh, explaining to them. First Gentile was Cornelius. Before Peter went to Cornelius, God had to change Peter from his prejudice so that he could accept Gentiles as they are. St. Paul already had this idea. That's why St. Paul said, don't circumcise. You know, don't circumcise? That's a huge thing. It's their identity marker. This circumcision made them who they were. And St. Paul, as a Jew, told the Jewish people, don't circumcise. Or other, don't circumcise uh, Gentile people. You don't need to. They don't need to be uh, circumcised to receive God's grace. They don't need to be somebody else. They don't need to be like you to receive God's grace. God's grace works in everyone equally. What a way to overcome this prejudice. And then the Spirit embraced the Gentiles exactly the same way as Spirit embraced Jews. That's the power of prayer. They could never change without the help of the Spirit. Only Spirit can do that. Prayer does not affirm your small world. Prayer makes you embrace what you could not embrace before. Prayer does not let you stay where you are as a small person. Prayer challenges you to become a bigger person. My friends, especially young ones, don't limit yourself to what you have been. Be people of prayer. God can do so much wonderful things, the things that you cannot even imagine. Don't just settle down what you have been. Pray and see what God can do through you, through your life. That's what prayer does. Visionaries did not become visionaries on their own. Visionaries become visionaries because they met God. Spirit made them see what people uh, could not see. The visionaries see 50 years, 100 years ahead. That's why they get persecuted. Because the people at this age cannot accept what they're seeing. Because they're looking at 100 years ahead of them. And the Spirit shows them what to see. Being a Christian, 
I, it's just wonderful. Being God's child is just wonderful. Being a person of prayer is just wonderful. One life you live, one life you have, live boldly, courageously, prayerfully. God will open up the new world for you. Let us sing together.